0: Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's Word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12 to grow in obedience and affection for Him every day. Our hope is that at 12 we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody, and we are back. It is Garen and Jordan talking about the sermon from January 8th, where Garen taught on Ruth, and just sharing some different things that uh, kind of stood out to us, maybe some follow-up questions that we had, some pushback even, maybe. Kind um, of pushback, right? Oh, I thought you said to give you softballs oh, to, on this. The, the, today, because yeah. maybe more people listening. Yeah, so make just it easy for you. Softballs. That's yeah. what you said, easy mode today. Yeah, so just a few things. We're not going to go over the details of the sermon, but maybe just peck out a few things. So, if you want to fully know what we're talking about, you can go listen to it easily. Um, and if you did listen to it, you're going to know exactly what we're talking about. So we're going to we're just to jump in really quick. And Garen took us through the book of Ruth. And there was a lot of focus on a character called Naomi. Yep. Who was Ruth's mother-in-law, right? And just like from a flyover view, you'd think the book is about Ruth, but there's so much about Naomi. Yeah. And really, what I found was that we kind of are Naomi, yes, a little bit. We
1: are Naomi, yes, we are Naomi.
0: You know, because she just has this kind of woe is meanness about her, and God is against me, and and all this. And I think that we can really easily fall into that. Yeah. I mean, I identified with her more than anyone else yeah. in the story, probably. Yeah,
1: that's why when I when I kind of did that first part of like, look at, she concluded things about life and God because of what had happened, and I said. And then I summarized and I said, any of you ever been done that? Any you ever thought that? And there were so many heads out there that were shaking yes, because yeah. I think we've no we've ha- all sat in Naomi's seat.
0: No hands up, because we wouldn't uh, want to to see. Yeah, we don't to want see. hands. But, but you see like the eye contact and the nod. Yeah. So, yeah. Because
1: yeah. that's that's true. I, I really feel like most of us are Naomi. That yeah. It's the Ruths are not that common.
0: And even if we wouldn't say God is against me, because maybe not very many of us would say that, like God is outright opposed to me. We, uh, me, you know, forget that his natural position towards us is that, is the father waiting for the prodigal to come home. It is always open arms, ready to receive you, right? Yeah. That is his natural position towards us. And so often in my mind, after I sin or if I've fallen away or if I feel like I failed him in some way, or maybe I'm just not the Christian I think I should be, it's so easy for me to paint this false narrative of like, oh man, he is disappointed or he's angry or he knows you blew it for the millionth time and he's done with you. Yeah. And like, we just forget that he is always ready to receive yeah. us. And Naomi kind of forgot that too, right? Yeah.
1: And I think also we forget that, I think God's disposition, it's so easy like from Genesis three that we aren't sure God has our back and he has our best interests in mind. And so when things don't go the way we want, we're like, yep, that's what I thought. God really is not for me, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, kind of for me, but really not for me. He's really not making all things work for good because I didn't get what I wanted. I've been asking for this. How did that happen?
0: Believing that God really is interested in your good is a big obstacle. Yeah, and it's one that we have to jump a a lot. Yes, it's not like you solve it once and you're good. Like we need reminded of that a lot.
1: Somebody texted me and said, "Yeah, I. Why do I need reminded of that so much? That what we do is what Naomi did. Is I interpret my life, my whole life." I interpret God through my circumstances. It's so easy to do that.
0: Why do, yeah. Is that the answer? I mean, why is it so, why do we need reminding so much of the fact that God is for us and that he wants good for us? Why do we need reminded of that all the yeah, time?
1: I don't know. I Cause I think when we get in the middle of a circumstance, like I said, we tend to focus exclusively on that. That's the thing in our face. Mm. And I think it just gets all of our attention. And then we interpret through it. That yeah. becomes the lens through which we see yeah. him and everything else. It's, I think it's really easy to do.
0: Do you think we should feel guilty about that? I mean, the farmer who loses all their crops to a hailstorm or the spouse who discovers their partner's been unfaithful or, you know, when you get that news of a family member that's not doing well and maybe is dying or has a bad diagnosis, like, is it bad that in that moment, since that's what's in our face, we have a negative, like, view of- yeah life or God, or is that just part of being human?
1: No, I think that's part of being human and being in a fallen world, and we don't relate to God face-to-face like Adam and Eve did. So I think that is a normal first reaction. The question is, is do I let myself sit in that for a week, for a month, for a year, to where it becomes my disposition? Oh, okay, yeah. And that's kind of what happened to her. So it's that thing of taking your thoughts captive, that hmm. getting to where you quickly are like, okay, I need to stop a minute because I'm letting this define my life and God. Yeah, And that's not the way it goes.
0: So you think God has grace for us in those moments? Yeah,
1: I mean, and even look at David, you look at the Psalms, how many times is he like, God, where are you? Why aren't you listening to me? Yeah. So the very guy who took after Ruth and finds refuge in God, but he still wrestled with the difficulties of life. It's pretty I don't human, think,
0: right? I don't think the hard part of following God is the doubts. I think it's that we feel guilt over the doubts and that, and it just like turns into this exponential gap between us. Because like you said, I think it's human for us to feel bad or to take our eyes and put it on a negative situation and really grieve in that. Like that's part of being human. But I think sometimes I feel bad for that, like that I didn't trust yeah. God more in that moment. And it just compounds into yeah, and something that uglier. Compounds it.
1: You stay away because you're like, now I really have, right. I've doubly blown it. Yeah. Out. Right. Huh, yep. okay. Yeah, uh, so she is not the bad guy in the story. She's me in the story. Right. So. Is there a bad guy? Uh, in the story? Yeah. Uh, probably that, the kinsman redeemer who doesn't do squat. Oh yeah, probably don't that know. lazy guy. He's unnamed. Guy, that selfish yeah, guy. The selfish dude. We don't know his name, so we can't like <laughs> slam on him because we just don't know his name. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, okay, something else we wanted to point out was, uh, you know, Naomi, she starts the story like this. She says in chapter 1, 13, and then 20 through 21, she says, God is opposed to me. His hand is against me. He's turned his back on me. And uh, then we see in 4.15 that her story comes full circle and she says, God has renewed my life. Like he's actually done something really good with the ugliness, yeah. which is cool to see. Yeah, right. But the question is, what about those people who never get a
1: yeah, who to never, complete
0: that redemptive arc? Yep,
1: who never get the You ruse. know, like
0: they lose a child or they have a divorce or something horrible happens and they just never get to see God turn it into something beautiful. Like what are we supposed to say to them?
1: Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, that- Thankfully, my ark doesn't just stop at death, and so for all of us who know Jesus, that ark continues, and there is redemption of some kind eventually in eternity. It will be redeemed. But I think that even in this life, even if these things don't all happen, because a lot of people do, it, doesn't, it ends without like the good ending, right? But I still think even in that, God is doing things that we don't know till we meet him, and then we'd be like, oh, there was more going on even than I saw even though it didn't end the way I thought. But also this thing of this outer circle that to me is almost even more important, which is God is doing even something larger than my life. And sometimes he knows that if he allows something in my life, that it the way I handle that or respond will actually have a repercussions in other lives. And he's after a lot more than just me. He cares about me, but he's got a lot bigger fish to fry. Mm. And to me, so if you don't mind, I mean, that to me, Tim Wright isn't a good example of this. I can't tell you how many people who have told me they don't understand why Tim died. He's a good guy. That's a normal response, right? Yeah. How can a good God do that? That's that seeing life, seeing God through that difficulty. But Tim Wright, all along, though he was grieving that he knew death was impending if God didn't heal him, he said continually, God has a bigger plan than me, than my life. And if he is not going to intervene and heal me, it's because. Through this, he something things will happen in other people's lives that could not happen without it. And he always trusted in that, and he talked to me a lot about that. And Tim had that perspective that it was more than just his life. So Tim's a person that didn't end. He didn't end with that great arc, right? He he died from his cancer. Hmm. But I think in eternity we'll see that God was doing even more than we knew in his life. But that God was doing bigger things than his. So if life. the
0: right family views God through the lens of their circumstance, they might say, "Like Tim died, so yep. it's over." But if they take the Tim view, right, the the Naomi view, she was blessed she got to see the whole thing. Like, of man, what is God doing despite this, or maybe even through this? Then that's where life is found, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean,
1: Tim used to say to me, even if one person comes to Jesus through my death that wouldn't have come to Jesus, it's worth that I it. live twenty more years. That's worth it. Yeah. That. So he had he that larger story was more important to Tim than his own story. Yeah. Didn't mean he didn't care. He grieved. He was sad about it. Yeah. But he was seeing. He knew God was doing something much larger than his life. Huh.
0: We need to have Christy on. She should have been here for this. Because yeah. She could right. speak so well to that. Yes.
1: And I think right, Christy. Probably if we talked to her, I think would have a similar perspective. Yeah. All of that. I mean, still struggling and it's hard, Sure, not to say that, but so in, in
0: John Eldridge's book, All Things New, he writes a chapter where he says, Your story told rightly. And the the purpose of that is it's like in new creation, when all things are made right, that you're gonna know your full story and maybe the full impact of what your life had, even if you didn't get to see it, and you're gonna see how God used you in different ways. So do you think that could be part of it too? Like yes. God's gonna show you hey, even though you had this hardship and you never saw it come full circle on the redemption on earth, like here's what's happened because of it. Yes. So you think that's gonna be yeah, a part of- Yeah, that's why I think,
1: and I'm thankful we have eternity because I think not only we'll see it, but there is a way it does come full circle.
0: Yeah. And just imagine Tim, I, would, I mean, it's safe to say that um, the legacy that Tim left and at his funeral, I know lots of gospel tracks were taken. Yes, just imagine right. Tim, a new creation, yeah. and he gets to see somebody who came to know Jesus because of of his uh, cancer and death here on earth, right? And just like the joy that's going to be present in that moment. Yeah. It's pretty incredible.
1: And and even the the idea, even with what we see in the Ruth and Naomi story, is that, that their life went, not just it wasn't even the next generation, but generations. And like, yeah, what if one or two people come to Christ through his death that wouldn't have? And then how many people after them? Like how many... How does that spread out yeah, exponentially? Right. Yeah. What's the uh, and we we never see that in eternity? But the butterfly effect. Of that's that. why we can get come back to that poem. But well, and then even in he Ruth talks about that,
0: right? Like Ruth had no idea who her great grandson would be in King no, David. No idea, but she's in heaven now, and she's oh my gosh! Yes. Look at the effect right.
1: this had. And even the people who wrote the book of Ruth, who wrote her story, wrote it after David because they knew, so they knew David came from her. They had no idea right, the ultimate that ultimately Messiah would. Yeah. So even they right. looking back on it had no clue. Yeah. But we get to see it even further. And
0: how human of us to be like, oh, I probably know the whole story here. Like, oh, that's really cool that David came from Ruth. Like, that's a cool thing God did. And it's just like, man, God's just sitting there smiling, like, guys, I'm doing something so much bigger. Like yeah. you're not even gonna be able to yeah. it's gonna blow your minds when you yeah. see it.
1: Hmm. And even so much bigger than Jesus. That's why yesterday I said, Do you like, do you realize that we are part of the blessing of their life. Like it, it even goes it still goes on today. What God was doing in their life still is echoing into life right t- today that that I get to be a part of this story. Right.
0: That's why something that you said really stuck with me. You said God is doing something bigger in your life and bigger than your life. Yep.
1: So bigger in my life than I know and bigger than my life that I'll probably never know in yeah. this life. Then in eternity, like I said, we'll see how it comes full circle. We'll see the full arc, but there is so much more going on in my life. But it's so much easier
0: and human to just have this view of like my life is all – my life is defined by how I see it, Yeah, and it's just like what's here and now, and it's so easy to get down about something or feel hopeless in something when it's like, yeah, it ends with my death or it ends with this, whatever, and if you don't have that perspective that God is doing something bigger in your life and bigger than your life, like – You're a you're a part of this movie. You play a role, but there's something way bigger than you happening. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of life in that. Yes, that you miss out on if you make yourself the main character and kind of forget about something bigger happening than just you.
1: And don't we that whole make ourselves the main character? That's in John um, or in Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. Oh yeah, where he talks about that we think the story's about us, but it's really about God. And he said it'd be like if I'm an extra in a movie and I appear in like half a second. I'm in the background of a scene with with Matt Damon or something. And I'm Mm -hmm. in the coffee shop and you just even see half my face, right? Yeah, right. And I take all my friends, I'm like, come see this movie because it's it's about me. And they like, they watch it. They don't even see me. So I have to wait till the Blu-ray comes out and I pause it and I'm like, I'm that guy, see, way back there. And they're like, are you sure that's you? Yeah, see, like, that's not about you. Yeah. It's about Matt Damon. But we do that, I feel like, we want our life to be about us. And it's about him. And he's writing a larger story. And for me to be okay with that.
0: And it takes a big dose of humility to yes. have your eyes even open to that in the first place. Yeah, which I think humility, probably something we're all running a little short on. So really, we got to ask God, man, show me, please, God, what is the bigger picture that you're doing? Give me a heart to understand that I'm not at the center of yes. it, and make me be okay with that because I know it's about you, it's yeah. not about me.
1: And even being okay that He may not show me.
0: Sure. This life. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right.
1: That's why Al used to say, "All the time funerals." I don't need to know the plan. I just need to know that there is a plan. And that idea that I can sit in the mystery. I trust that God's writing a much larger— He's doing something in my life I'll never understand that's bigger than I think. But He's doing something way beyond me, and that that's even more important.
0: And imagine if Ruth didn't have this perspective that she had. Imagine if she did get caught up in thinking it was all about her. When her husband dies— She'd have been like, oh, well, God's cursed Naomi, yep. and now he's cursed uh-huh. me, and what so, am I supposed to do? I'm not going and, back to
1: those people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to follow that God. Or
0: even if she went back with Naomi, if she had stayed at home and moped.
1: Yeah, she sits at home and gets up, doesn't get up in the morning. Right. Right. Doesn't Mopes, get up early,
0: work hard all day, does, doesn't no put herself gleaning. out there. Yeah, like the story would have been over. Yeah. And that's why it's so cool. You said Ruth let her view of God define her circumstances, not the other way around. Yes. So unpack that for us, because that's kind of— that can. Be like a an atom bomb in our brains right now, like hard to wrap our minds around. Yeah. So so Ruth saw her.
1: So like d- Naomi again. Like I I tend to be that whatever's happening immediately around me, I can make that define my whole life and define God. Like, okay. Oh, then God must be because this happened. He must be. Bad.
0: Can we just go back to the to the Tim Wright story and maybe use that as an example? Yeah. So if God had or if Tim had seen his situation through his circumstances,
1: yeah, he would have said, my. Because I have cancer and God's not curing it, God doesn't care about me. Uh-huh. He must be a bad guy. He really doesn't. I'm not really a son that He cares about. He's just doing whatever he wants, and I'm gone. Okay. That—that's what you conclude. That's from defining that. God by your circumstances. Yes, yeah, defining God by your circumstances. And
0: the flip of that is the
1: flip of it is He says, "No, no. I know from Scripture that God is a good. He's a sovereign God, and He is good, and He's loving, and He's working out a, a global plan to reach all nations, and that He does love and care about me, and I'm His child." Um, and that's what defines my circumstance. And so even though I don't understand why I'm not getting a cure, there's just I just understand him so much that I trust he knows what he's doing and that it's good. Yeah. For not just me, but for way beyond me.
0: That that's is so why
1: I allow my view of God to define my life and right. circumstances. Wow.
0: I mean, that's the difference between life and death right there. Yeah. That's the difference between a happy person and, you know, a dejected person. Yeah. Like how are you going to view your circumstances? Are you going to let them define God or God define them? Yes.
1: And I that's think, a choice I have every day, right?
0: Yeah. Every day you get to choose that. It's pretty incredible. We talked about Ruth's effect on her great-grandson David a little bit um, during the sermon. What's funny is that Ruth had no idea what God was going to do through her family line. Yeah, right. Like right. she considered herself to be incredibly blessed, just that Boaz married her and she got yeah. to live a great life with people around her who loved her and accepted her. And she got to know God. Like she couldn't even conceive of what was happening generations afterwards. She had no idea the effect she would have. And don't you think it's true that there's people like that in our life too? Like, I have no idea the people that maybe see me and are affected by the things I do or say. Same for you, same for anybody. Not just because we're on stage sometimes, but like everybody in their life has people that they have an effect on whether they know it or not. Yep. Don't you think that's true? Oh,
1: very much true. And you'd even said you heard in a talk somebody said- Yeah, when
0: we go to Global Leadership Summit, yeah, the stat was like six point something. I don't know how they come up with it, but six basically people, at least in your life, everybody has six people in their life that you are affecting whether you know it or not. And so you may look around and say, nobody cares if I show up to work. Nobody cares if I do this or that, but everybody has people they're affecting. And Ruth- didn't know either, yep. but it's a good thing she lived her life the way she did because she shaped the greatest king in Israel's yes. history, right? Yeah. Had a profound effect yeah. on him. Which is crazy to think about.
1: Yeah, she's, they're in a little, little itty-bitty village in her mind, like, what's what's the impact of my life, yeah. right? No one's oh, ever gonna gosh. know
0: about this village a hundred years from now. Like, yeah. it's this tiny podunk thing. Yeah. And it's the epicenter of Christianity, yeah. which is pretty and cool. And they
1: died not even knowing there would be a book of the Bible written about them, right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, no clue. Huh.
0: Pretty awesome. Pretty cool what God can do with you when you're humble. Yeah. And uh you're just open to being being used by him. We're gonna skip over a few things because we're already at our 20 minute mark. You mentioned a lot of cool promises from Romans and Jeremiah and Psalms that we can cling to. I encourage people to go back and listen to those and write those down. I wanna talk more about them, but it looks like we're running short on time. So just the reminder that God fills his word with promises to us. Yeah. And so we've got to know his word so that we can know those promises. We've got to be in it
1: so we know him and we can cling to him. And they shape how we think about him. Yeah.
0: Yep. Very much so. You talk about some practical ways that we can be um, knowing God's promises. You said to be in his word, to be in prayer, to uh, find community for accountability in our thinking, right? Because how often do we switch it back to-
1: How often do I fall into the Naomi pattern? Yeah. And that's where people outside of me who can remind me, hey, Garen, remember, you know, remember, you preach this, yeah. <laughs> remember, right? We need that. Don't we all need that all the time? Yeah.
0: Um, and then worshiping him, right? You said we don't always sing it because we believe it. Yeah. Sometimes we sing it to believe it, Yeah. which really requ- requires some humility and some <laughs> obedience. Yes, right. Because if you don't feel it in your heart and you're going to sit there and sing it anyways, it's yeah. like you really are submitting to God. Like, okay, I don't even know how i feel about this right now god but i'm putting in your hands
1: but i'm going to sing and trust you're a way maker and the goodness of god that it's pursuing running after it's running after me like letting those words form me and yeah yep be a part of my that was
0: such a cool image too how you said the goodness of god is you know follow it's like whatever like a puppy dog like how's it following you no it's not stalking you it is like running after you it is pursuing it is pursuing a really strong word yeah that was pretty awesome the last thing I had that I wanted to get us out on was you mentioned a hymn by uh who wrote
1: that hymn? Um Cowper, William Cowper. William Williams' Calper. first name.
0: And there's a there's a lot of good stuff in that. But the one that stuck to me, and I wrote it down and kind of missed the rest of it because I took time to write it down, but he says, Behind a frowning providence he hides a smiling face. And I I just find so much truth in that for our lives that so often the providence, the things that God provides us, we might find lacking on its face. We didn't get what we wanted, or this didn't work out how we thought it would. Or even with a, with ourselves, we feel disappointed or upset or angry or guilty about things. But behind all that is the smiling face of yeah. God. Yeah. And if we will take the humility of Ruth and find refuge in him and remember that he is doing something bigger in us and bigger than us, then we can see right through those circumstances and know that that God is... Still a good God and he yeah. still sees us and cares about us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, my favorite of that is that the bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. That idea that that event could be bitter, but the flower of it mm. is sweet. And I just need to lean into that. And I also like the very ending that uh, God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. So I better be careful of interpreting too much of my life, like on my oh. own, because his ways are higher than my ways, his thoughts higher, and that he will make it plain. But I know that's going to be an eternity and not now. And so, from that humility, I'm gonna. Can I wait to see the full arc of all of this because I won't see it till then? So,
0: so we've got to be careful about even interpreting the own events of our lives. Yeah.
1: In my own thinking, I can interpret it through scripture, right? But I've got to be really careful about how I interpret life because wow, because I can because it says I can err in doing that. So
0: in this one especially, I just see like so much humility is required. Yeah. Because if I have even an ounce of ego in me, I'm going to think that I can interpret that, and I know what that means, and I know what God's thinking and how he's positioned towards
1: me right now. And I know what the best life is, yeah, and it's got to go this way to be the best life. and
0: So humility is so key to all this, which makes sense. God worked with humble people, right? He didn't really work with proud people. Sometimes he used them despite themselves, but the ones he really used and was close with were always humble, and Ruth seems to fit yeah, that pattern Yeah, I think too. she
1: fits it perfectly. Yeah, and then what's so interesting is Naomi's the Israelite who should know better. That's what's Ruth so Ruth from Moab. Isn't that so She's the like one. God? Yeah.
0: He, you know, culture says the firstborn gets it. Nope, actually, with God, it's almost always gonna be the secondborn. Yeah. Israel's supposed to get it. Well, actually, in it's... most cases, it's the outsiders who <laughs> yeah. get it. Yeah, Man, so that's just another lesson to us. Don't get too high on your horse just because yep. you're a churchgoer, yep. Right. Because right. the person who shows up for the first time on a Sunday they may see God with more clear
1: eyes than you if you're not humble in yeah, heart, right? That's so, good, man. Pretty cool. Good book. In Ruth, awesome. Ruth is very good. We could, you did it with your youth, four weeks. We the, I it. could do like five or six sermons on, out of it. It's really powerful. You, you covered in 40
0: minutes what I took four weeks to do, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite 40. More like 45 yesterday. Yeah, but,
1: uh, well, take out the song. It was forty. <laughs>
0: we gotta, we gotta, you know, instead of you shortening your message, we just gotta alter the clocks in church. There so we pe- go. People are like, "Oh, wow, it's only ten twenty-five. He's got five more minutes." Like,
1: can we have a th- an, an instrument, something that makes everybody's watch go back five minutes or something? Like yeah, that. we're gonna have so to even, get, yeah,
0: get with uh, tech on that. See if we can invent that. Guys, thanks for being with us. And Ruth, Hey, did you want to talk about an upcoming series or give them a, a peek at what's next or what to expect? Not quite.
1: We're still doing a couple of one-off things for a, a little of bit, and we're gonna hit a series. So I'm still keeping that the cards close to the vest. Okay.
0: But you're holding a royal flush, right? But I do have a royal flush. Okay, good. Well,
1: I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Full house, maybe. Full house.
0: Okay. Guys, thanks for being with us. Hope this was useful. We'll see you next week.